It's Wednesday. You know what that means. It means I'm a day late, but it also means time for football. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week 12 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL season and postseason. And yes, we are a day late getting this episode out. It right now is Wednesday morning. Oh, it's about 20 after 8 Eastern, so we're getting an early start to our day to get this week 12 episode going. I did take the extra time once again. As I mentioned, schedules are not my friend, certainly not this time of year, so we are going to act when we are able to. Week 11, kind of a mixed bag. It's never great when you go under 500 uh, straight up, which I was last week. I was 7 and 8. So, yeah, it's never it's never a good week when that happens. I got off to a slow start and then was kind of even money through the later games in the week. So, 7 and 8 straight up, 88, 76, and 1 straight up on the season. 100% not where I want to be come week 11, week 12. I would be hoping that that number would be in triple digits by now, but that's uh, not the case, but we will start building towards that this week. We got a 15-game slate, so who knows? We have an excellent week. We could get there at the end of this week. Against the spread, the results were a little bit better based on the early numbers from last week. Went 9-6 and six against the spread, so that is a strong rebound after a few straight weeks of being underwater. 9-6 and six against the spread makes us 75-88-2 against the spread this season. Even money on the four totals in the top four picks from last week at 2-2. Two and 58-86 two. on the season, but... Three and five since the new era of only doing the totals in the top four picks. So that's at least a better percentage on the three and five. After doing some quick math, it's actually not a better percentage, but it is what it is. So we will go from there. It's early in the morning, folks. The math skills were not on par right there. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. Kind of struggled, did go three and one against the spread, did hit Patriots minus six and a half, uh, Houston plus ten and a half. They actually got the win against Tennessee and Cincinnati covering a single point against the Raiders. Green Bay obviously did not cover minus two and a half because they dropped their game against Minnesota last week, which means I was only two and two straight up. So again, we've kind of struggled in those top picks, picking the game straight up over the last couple of weeks. That is obviously... Uh, plan number one to turn around this week because we've mentioned it before price of admission is usually going four and oh on those games straight up and like I mentioned two and two on the total so kind of a mixed bag in the top four picks taking a look at the pick'em pools the Bridgewater's finest pool I moved back down to 20th out of 28 800 points even confidence wise on the season 60.3 percent brought in 69 of 120 in week 11 uh, but it was not good enough actually nowhere near good enough to win week 11 shout out to our week 11 winner andrew the halloween metal fan that is andrew warren longtime youtuber in this community obviously longtime viewer of mine he wins week 11 going 11-0 
11 and 4 straight up in that week. 98 of 120 possible confidence points. Clip well over 80%. So shout out to Andrew winning week 11 in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool. In the Half Moons picks against the spread pool, moved up to 41st, actually had a really good week against the spread, 88 of 120 possible confidence points on that 9 and 6 against the spread, has me with 615 points overall on the season, it's still under 50% in terms of the total number of confidence points available, but it was an excellent 73.3% clip in week 11. Not quite good enough to win week 11, but it's about as close as I've been all season. Shout out to the week 11 winner, Lonnie. Lonnie bringing in 94 of 120 confidence points, so I only missed the mark by 6. That's a 78.3% clip and was good enough to make the pace in week 11 in the Half Moon's Picks Pool. In the Ante and Co straight up pool, still in 18th place with my 88 straight up wins. Again, 53.3%. Definitely not where I want to be picking the game straight up. Only going 7 for 15 last week. That's under 50%. But we shout out Dick's Picks which is a just a great name. Uh, so week 11, he wins the week with a 12 and three week, 12 of the 15 games correct. That's an 80% clip, which is a tremendous week picking the game straight up. It's certainly where I would like to be. And let's see if we can't pull towards that here in week 12. Although we'll talk about the week as a whole for week 12 here in a second. Overall leaders, Uncle BBQ Barry takes over the overall lead in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, 936 out of 1,326 confidence points. Moby Polito, still the overall leader in the Half Moon's Picks Pool with 796 out of 1,326 confidence points. Obviously more difficult to pick the games against the spread. And Bubsy's Thickum Pickums, now the outright overall leader straight up in the Ante and Co Pool, 105 straight up correct picks on the season. Again, I'm envious. That's where I would like to be. Let's start blazing that trail this week. He's picking the games at over 63.5% correct. And let's take a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which is of course presented by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. My referral link, my affiliate link is in the description to this episode. And for just as little as $3, you can get access to one of the absolute best tools available online for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football. We're talking trade evaluations, we're talking podcasts, player rankings, does not matter the configuration of your league. The Dynasty Trade Calculator has got you covered in long-term fantasy. It has helped me win championships in the past. It is an excellent tool. I'm very happy to be affiliated with them. Make sure you click that link in the description and gain access to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Now, I did only go 3-3 three and three in fantasy last week. It was trending a little bit better early, but I lost a matchup or two late, including one to uh, Chris, uh, the perched half moon, uh, not half moons, um, hatbox, hatbox picks. Um, so I lost a close matchup to him that just ended late. We had we were just throwing nuclear weapons at each other. He had Jonathan Taylor. I had Austin Eckler. So we were just lobbing nuclear bombs back and forth at each other. It was a heck of a matchup. I wound up on the losing end of that. However, one of my three wins did come in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League. A close win over the real Slim Brady. That moves my record to 8-3. and three, And that was a fun matchup too because she had Tom Brady left in the Monday night game. 
I had Mike Evans with a slim lead, but thank God Tom Brady likes throwing red zone touchdown passes to Mike Evans. So Holly was able to uh, close the gap, narrow the gap, but she was never able to fully bridge the gap. I get the win there and move to eight and three. I did have a close, and by I mean close, I mean like within two points, lost to Half Moon uh, in the uh, NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, which is a crippling loss for me. It moves me to four and seven. I think still two full games back of the playoffs with like three weeks to go. So that's going to be a rough hill to try to climb, especially when I have a week 12 matchup against threat level midnight, who's one of the top teams in the league, which is a projected loss for me. One more loss and I can pretty well count myself out of a potential playoff spot. I got a week 12 matchup against Anthony Cormier in the professionals league. And thank God it's Kansas city's bye week. So I get him without Patrick Mahomes, without Tyreek Hill. I am projected to win that matchup. Just happened to be luck of the draw that I would happen to get him on Kansas City's bye week. But of course, anything can happen in fantasy. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of this video or of the file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts of choice, you can find all of my results from last week all of my picks for week 12 here in the NFL. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest, Half Moon's Picks, or Anti and Co. Pick'em Pools for this year. Once again, if you get a win in a week, you get shouted out on this show. Find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page there as well. And information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. It only took me three times to record that pitch, and through the magic of editing, you won't have to hear the first two screw-ups. Nerdtease.ca is where you need to go. It is not too late, but boy, it's getting close in terms of getting your orders in for Christmas. Nerdtease.ca, and when you go there, you're going to want to use my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, which is an excellent deal. You also get a great conversion rate on the US dollar. Today's blend, a longtime favorite of mine, white truffle, kind of a desserty type tea. I thought I needed that extra little kick of sweetness and again, the fantastic smell in the air when you make a cup of this. Again, it's just like making a cup of tea in a bakery. It's delicious, it smells fantastic. And there are dozens and dozens of excellent blends of tea as well as tea accessories available on nerdteas.ca. Use my promo code, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtease.ca. You know, as I sit here in my Pat McAfee hoodie, which he would like to thank me for wearing, I'm sure, and I look at the slate of games in week 12, I think back and I will paraphrase or just actually outright steal a line from the venerable God King of media himself, Pat McAfee. This week stinks. <laughs> this slate of games is bad. And I understand that obviously the Thanksgiving week of football games means a lot to the league as a whole, the culture of professional football. It means a lot to American viewers. And I totally get that. And I'm not shitting on that, but this week's games are bad. You look at the slate of games that we have this week, there's at least half a dozen of them where both teams in the game stink. And that's like 40% of the games. If you're trying to avoid games that stink, you're going to have a really, really quick week watching week 12. But given that that is the case, 
We're just going to go ahead and we're going to have fun with the picks this week. I'm going very, very heavily on gut here, and I have a big enough one. I can certainly do that. We're going on gut. Let's get started. We're going to get started in Detroit. Speaking of games that stink, the Detroit Lions at home playing host to the Chicago Bears. Battle of the NFC North. Neither one of these teams are contenders. Obviously, they're the two stinkers in that division. And I'm just going to lean on the home team. There's really nothing to talk about in this game. There's talking about, oh, well, you know, we might start Jared Goff this week. Yeah, you probably should, considering he was part of the package that you received to trade away a little guy by the name of Matt Stafford. Probably a good idea to start Jared Goff. For Chicago, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. It might be Justin Fields, but he kind of injured his ribs. I think his x-rays were negative. I think it was the ribs. Uh, We don't know if he's going to play this week or if it's going to be Andy Dalton. Hooray. Let's get excited. Please get excited for Andy Dalton. Like, this is just going to be a bad football game, one way or the other. I think the best player on either side belongs to the Detroit Lions, and that's DeAndre Swift. So I'm going to take the Lions here. I'm going to take the home team in a game that's going to suck. Let's take Detroit to beat Chicago. On the line, Detroit's taking three points as a home underdog. Like, I might as well take him to win, and given that that's the case, I will take the three points because I'll take Detroit to win the game outright. Hold your nose, folks. Lions 20, Bears 17, Detroit gets the win. Let's go to New Orleans now. Saints are going to play host to the Buffalo Bills, and all of a sudden... The Buffalo Bills don't exactly look like the Buffalo Bills, do they? The offense has sputtered two of the last three weeks. The defense really sputtered last week, but obviously they're still playing really good football. But boy, did they ever look bad last week. The offense only scoring 23 points a game over the last month's worth of games. And the Saints, their offense playing well, whether Kamara's in there or not. Their defense has kind of fallen apart as well. Look, they gave up a 40 spot last week to Philadelphia, and they've given up at least 23 points a game over their last four. That defense not looking good. This time of year, in a lot of cases, I have a very simple philosophy. When in doubt, ride with the defense. And Buffalo's defense is definitely the better of these two defenses over the last little while. Even though the Saints offense, we'd certainly make the argument, has scored more points and has looked better over the last month. I'm going to have to take uh, Buffalo here. Even though the game's in New Orleans, I'm going to take the Bills. I like the Bills to rebound here. They control the ball exceptionally well. One of the best teams in football. Still take a few too many penalties for my liking, but... I think it's enough for Buffalo to rebound here and get the win. Let's take the Bills on the road in New Orleans to beat the Saints. On the line, the Saints are taking six points as the home underdog here. This is a very, it's very uncomfortable one way or the other. I could see this game very easily ending within like seven to ten points, which is a close margin one way or the other. I think that's what I'm going to have to wind up doing. I think this is a two-possession game for the Bills. So I guess I got to lay those six. It's not the most comfortable lay that I will have this week. That's what she said. But uh, I'm going to have to lay the six points on Buffalo here. Let's take the Bills minus the six points. We're going to go Buffalo 28, New Orleans 16. That should comfortably hit the minus six. 
Let's go to Indianapolis now, and you'll notice I skipped one of those Thursday games just because we're going to talk about it here in a minute. The Indianapolis Colts at home playing host to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Bucs obviously got the job done on a short week on Monday night against the Giants, basically a feckless Giants team, which we're going to talk about here in a couple of games because obviously they made some news after this game. I don't know how much credit I want to give Tampa Bay for beating up on the Giants 30-10. to 10. I mean, it's a game that the Bucks were in control of right from the jump. And it's still a team that takes a few too many penalties. I would have thought a, t- a Tom Brady-led team would play with a little more discipline than I see the Bucks play with regularly. And one of those teams that plays with a ton of discipline does all the little things right and may arguably be the most complete team in the AFC are the Indianapolis Colts. Now, everybody, the big joke of the game last week, obviously, was that Carson Wentz threw for like less than 170 yards or whatever, and and they won the game because Jonathan Taylor is, is just a nuclear weapon, maybe one of the nuclear weapons of the NFL. And obviously that conversation around me, maybe Jonathan Taylor should get some MVP votes. I think he probably will, assuming he doesn't get hurt for the rest of the year. Hopefully he does not. But look, this Colts defense, very opportunistic defense that's playing relatively well. They're very disciplined. They don't take penalties. They're at home. The Bucs, interestingly enough, there's a thing to talk about with the Bucs. They have not been very good on the road this year. I think Indianapolis gets this win, and this is one of the more significant, I would say, upsets of this week, probably the most significant upset of this week. I like the Indianapolis Colts at home to get the win over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. On the line, Indy's taking three points as a road underdog, our third or a home underdog, our third straight home underdog. And what the interesting thing I wanted to point out, the Bucs have not been very good on the road. The Bucs have not covered against the spread on the road this year. They are 0-5. They're three-point favorites here. I don't like them to cover that number because they have not covered against the spread on the road this year. So I'm again, might as well take the Colts to win. So give me the three points. Let's take Indianapolis 34, Tampa Bay 31. Probably the best game of this week, I would think. And I like the Colts to get the job done, maybe right at the end. In fact, I'll put it to you like this. This game is 28-28 at the end of regulation, goes to overtime, Tampa kicks a field goal, Indy scores a touchdown, and wins the game 34-31. That's the way I'm going to predict this thing goes down. But enough about good games, let's go back to a game that stinks. The Miami Dolphins at home playing host to the Carolina Panthers. Now, the Panthers' offense looked better last week. It was still in a losing effort because the defense is... But the offense certainly looked better. And Cam Newton looked as good as he has looked all year. And so, look, it was just a matter of Cam, I guess, needed to be where Cam wanted to be, which was in Carolina. And all of a sudden, he's back. Although, again, it's it's such a great joke to talk about how many Cam Newton replacement quarterbacks the Carolina Panthers are paying while they're also paying Cam Newton, which is just hilarious to me. Um, I think Carolina gets the win in this game. Both of these teams are really undisciplined. They take a high number of penalties. Miami takes more than Carolina, and Miami obviously needs all the help that they can get to just win football games in general. 
So I just don't like I just don't like the Dolphins spot here. I don't think the Dolphins even get to double digit points. I think this is a low scoring game. I'm gonna take Carolina on the road. Let's take the Panthers to beat the Dolphins. And on the line, the Dolphins are a single-point dog. Once again, a home underdog. But I like Carolina to win. It's basically the smallest price to pay. So we're going to lay the single point, take the Panthers, minus one. I like Carolina, 21. Miami, let's give them nine. Let's now go to a game that I think stinks in the macro, but in the micro, it might be not qualify quite as a game that stinks. It's a division matchup of the NFC East, the New York Giants on the short week at home playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, there are a lot of metrics that say this game stinks. Neither one of these teams are very good overall this season. Giants are on the short week. Philly's dealing with an injury, and it's really the first injury that we have to talk about. And Philly plays a very undisciplined brand of football. Let's get the injury out of the way right quick. It's the Eagles with an injury to Darius Slay. Now, Darius Slay uh, dealing with a concussion. He's in protocol. There is no update on him at this point. There's hope that he'll play, but boy, having to clear protocol relatively quickly... I'd just say I'll be surprised, which is a definite downtick for this Eagles defense. Now, the Giants, like I mentioned, made some news after the Monday night game, uh, firing Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator. So obviously everybody on social media, and that includes people in the actual media, are tap dancing on Jason Garrett's grave as offensive coordinator for the Giants. I'm not the biggest Jason Garrett defender, in the world, and I don't want to frame myself like I am. I can think of, off the top of my head, at least half a dozen teams whose offense right now is worse than the New York Giants. None of their offensive coordinators got fired. Those other teams haven't necessarily had to deal with the fact that Saquon Barkley has played what, less than a handful of games this year at a state that you would consider healthy? Uh, let's say Kenny Galladay. I have like, speaking of somebody who has Kenny Galladay on a long-term dynasty team, I don't think he's played, he's had a game this season that he didn't go into it with the questionable tag. So he's been injured all year long and he's supposed to be one of their top targets. Kadarius Tony has kind of picked it up, but he's a rookie and he's had a little bit of injury issue as well they've had injury issue on the offensive line this offense has been mutilated by injuries this year there was a point early in the season where daniel jones was like one of the top fantasy quarterbacks in the nfl and that's like when the team is healthy and when the team has healthy receiving options daniel jones can do some things in saying that obviously they have not been very good lately I don't think scoring 10 points against the Bucks is necessarily the thing that says we need to fire the offensive coordinator. But I will say that I'm kind of excited to see what the Giants are going to look like offensively under Freddie Kitchens, who is going to be taking over the play calling because he's unquestionably a more aggressive play caller than Jason Garrett is. So I'm excited to see what that's going to do for a guy like Kadarius Toney, who is a deep ball threat. And I, I'm really interested to see what that's going to look like. However, if you ask me if I agree with firing Jason Garrett, no. I think there's a mental vendetta 
against Jason Garrett because he couldn't make it work in Dallas. Which, I mean, look at Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy isn't exactly lighting the league on fire as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He's just got most of his team healthy. And Jason Garrett struggled with that in his tenure in Dallas. So I think Garrett's kind of a victim of circumstance here, to be perfectly honest. But that's kind of an aside from the game. But look, the Giants made some news and I had to talk about it. So I have to take the Philadelphia Eagles because... Don't look now, but over the last month to five weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles are like one of the best offenses in football. Their last four games, 40 points, 30 points, 24 points, 44 points, they're scoring a ton. And yes, some of that is coming from the defensive side as well because the defense has only allowed 19 points a game over their last four. So they are clicking kind of on all cylinders here. The Giants certainly are not, but what I will say is that Giants defense is playing very, very well as of late. I expect a low-scoring game here. I have to take the Eagles to win it. Against the spread, the Giants are taking three and a half points as yet another home underdog. We have not seen a home favorite in a game yet that we've talked about, but I'm actually going to take the three and a half on the Giants. It's a division game. This is a bad hedge, by the way. Uh, This is not a hedge that I recommend you making unless you think the Giants are going to win the game outright. I don't, but I'm still going to take the points. Because I think it's a defensive battle. I think it's a low-scoring game. I don't expect the Eagles to run away with things offensively. Not having Darius Slay is going to impact them defensively. And I think the Giants backdoor cover this number. So we're going to take the Giants plus the three and a half points. But take the Eagles to win outright. Let's take Philly though. Philly. I don't know what that was about. Philadelphia 20 will take the Giants 17. Let's go to Jacksonville now. Jags are going to play host to the Atlanta Falcons. The only thing that's going right for either one of these teams is the fact that the Falcons are on the long week. That's that's genuinely it. They don't control the ball. Neither does Jacksonville. The Jacksonville one of the worst ball control teams in the league. Jacksonville takes a ton of penalties. I, at least I can't say that about Atlanta. They are relatively disciplined. The Jags also likely to be without Shaq Griffin in the secondary. He's dealing with a concussion. He's in protocol. There's no update. I'm going to take Atlanta to win this game um, because I because. Um, but let's have some fun. Let's have some, this is this one we're going to have some fun with. Are you familiar with the concept of a scorigami? Scorigamis are final scores that have never happened in the history of the NFL. There's a great Twitter account. If you just look up Scorigami, S-C-O-R-I-G-A-M-I, Scorigami, great Twitter account that tracks these things. Like at the end of every quarter, it'll say, here's the score. Here's the percentile chance that this ends in a Scorigami. Here's the most likely Scorigami that it will end up in. It's a great Twitter account. You should be following it. Let's at the very least make this game interesting and play for a Scorigami. Let's take Falcons 18, Jacksonville 9. That is a final score that has never happened in the history of the NFL. Scorigami time in Jacksonville. Falcons get the win. And the Falcons are going to cover the minus one that they are favored by against the spread. Once again, another home underdog. But we're going to lay the single point on the Falcons. Just trudging our way through the mud here as now we get to talk about Houston and the New York Giants. Or New York Jets. Sorry. Oh, God. So, um... 
There's an injury. We can talk about that. We can talk about the Jets with an injury. That's kind of interesting, at least. And unfortunately, it's a pretty big one. It's running back Michael Carter. He has a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss multiple weeks. And it only makes sense that like the most interesting player here on either side of the ball gets injured prior to this game. So there, there's just there's almost nothing to watch this game for unless you're a diehard fan of one of either of these teams. They both take too many penalties. The Jets, like the Jags, one of the worst ball control teams in the league. I'm going to take Houston because they seem like, well, A, they won last week, and B, they have less bad going against them recently. So we're going to take Houston to win this game. Uh, let's take them 21 to 14, which actually means I'm going to lay the two and a half points. The first home favorite. Hey, there you go, Texans. Be proud of yourselves. Houston laying two and a half points as a home favorite. I'm going to lay the points because it's a fairly small price to pay, and I do think it hits, but that feels absolutely gross. If you like the Jets to win this game outright, which, by the way, if Michael Carter wouldn't have been hurt, I probably would take the Jets to win this game outright, but they've got nobody in their backfield that is anywhere near Michael Carter. So I just don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. And if they can't run the ball, I don't think they're going to win. Okay, thank God. A team and a game that we can actually talk about because it's between two good teams. The Green Bay Packers playing host to the Los Angeles Rams. So Rams are coming in off of their bye. So they're going to be well-rested in this game. And both of these teams can actually lay claim to being two of the most disciplined teams in the NFL. They take two of the fewest amounts of penalties across the league. Packers dealing with an injury. So they, they are really good, a really good ball control team. One of the better ball control teams in the league. Don't give up a ton of turnovers. And that defense has been, you know, opportunistic in generating turnovers. But the injury that they are dealing with once again along the offensive line. And my God, how many more O-line injuries can the Packers possibly stand? And this is a big one. It's Elton Jenkins at tackle. He tore his ACL. He is done for the rest of the year. That is a hit to the Packers' Super Bowl hopes. That's a hit to their hopes of winning the division because the division is certainly not wrapped up at this point. It's a hit to everything. Certainly a hit to their ability to win this game. And again, it's certainly not just that. We may not see um, Aaron Jones in this game. Very publicly, Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a toe injury that he said is still going to be... Uh, an issue for him in the game this week. I've got to take the Rams here. I don't necessarily know that the Rams are top to bottom a better football team, but in the situation, given the context of the game, I think I got to take the Rams here as the, the better team this week. So we're going to take the Rams to beat the Packers. And this game is actually on just on the edge of a knife in Vegas. It's actually a pick 'em. So this game could go genuinely either way in Vegas's eyes. I like the Rams to win the game outright, so I'll take the Rams against the spread as a pick 'em. Let's take Rams 30, Packers 27. Even though the game's in Green Bay, and again, if the context of the game were different, I'd probably take Green Bay. I just think they drop it this week. That'll be back-to-back -back losses for the Packers. Off to San Francisco now, Niners going to play host to the Minnesota Vikings. Speaking of Green Bay's loss last week, that loss came to the Minnesota Vikings, 34-31. Vikes got the job done, their offense looked good, defense not so much, but the offense looked good at the very least. 
Minnesota can lay claim. They do control the ball fairly well this year. One of the better teams in terms of the turnover differential. They do take a few too many penalties here. And that, I think, is one of those situations where it's one of those instances where I think that could even determine the game. One bad penalty on defense that gives the Niners an extra first down that they weren't otherwise going to have might might turn into its own you know, an extra possession or a possession taken away from the Vikings offensively. Something like that, I genuinely think, is what's going to wind up being the difference in this football game. I think this is a razor-thin game, but I'm going to take the Niners to win the game outright. Offensively and defensively, the Niners are just kicking right now. 28 points a game over their last four, only giving up 18 points a game over their last four. And in both cases, it's just a bit better, especially on the defensive side. The defense is significantly better here for the Niners. I'm going to take the Niners at home to get the win over Minnesota. On the line, Niners are laying three points here as a home favorite. I like them to win. It's the max range of what I would consider a small price to pay as a full field goal. I'm going to lay those three points on the Niners. Let's take San Francisco 28, Minnesota 21. Niners get the win and try to stay competitive in that tough division. Speaking of division, division game next on tap. The Baltimore Ravens at home playing host to the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, Cleveland no longer with Odell Beckham. He is out of town. He is in Los Angeles now with the Rams. And they may not have Jarvis Landry either. I'm not listing him as an official injury, but I know he's dealing with some stuff and may or may not play in this game, which would be a big hit to the Cleveland Browns. Now, they might get Kareem Hunt back this week. Again, we're back on the Kareem Hunt watch that as soon as Kareem Hunt comes back, this offense kind of goes back to full strength because it's not like Baker was lighting things up with his receivers anyway. But when those two running backs are there and they're back to full strength, watch out for the Browns. Whether that happens this week yet, I don't know. What I do know, Cleveland does lack a discipline. They are one of the worst teams in the league in terms of taking penalties. Baltimore is not that. I think Baltimore is the better football team here. Division matchup. I'm going to take the home team. Let's take Baltimore at home to beat Cleveland. I say that in all due deference to the fact that Cleveland arguably, pretty easily arguably actually, playing better football as of late, even though the offense is struggling. On the line, the Ravens are laying three and a half points here as the home favorite. I have to take those points. Once again, bad hedge a la Giants-Eagles, but I've, I've got to take the extra. I can't buy that extra half point on the Ravens given how they've been playing lately, and that's more a play against the Ravens than it is a play for the Browns. But I've got to take that three and a half just because of that extra hook on the half point. We're going to take the Browns plus the three and a half. Who knows? They could win this thing outright. Going to go Baltimore 24, Cleveland 23. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 12 is the Washington football team at home playing host to the Seattle Seahawks. And my God, I've never heard of a team getting their franchise quarterback back and the offense getting worse. The Seahawks have had Russell Wilson back for two games and have scored a whopping 13 points. 
Thank God their defense has been on fire over the last month or so. It would be the only reason that they'd be staying competitive in any of these games. Yes, it was a 10-point loss last week, 17-point shutout loss a couple of weeks ago. But again, the defense has been keeping them in games over the last month plus. Now, Washington's defense, speaking of defenses, Washington's defense almost got better after Chase Young got hurt, which is weird. They're back to looking the way that people would sort of think that they were going to look for the entirety of this year. Now it's the offense that's struggling. They've had two good back-to-back showings, but prior to that, 10 points and 10 points three and four weeks ago, I don't fully trust this Washington offense. So in saying that, I guess I can say that this game is, you know, pretty similar. Two teams in pretty similar positions. Seattle, one of the better teams in the league in terms of taking penalties. One of the more disciplined teams, they don't take a ton. I've got to take Seattle here because I've got to believe that Russell Wilson figures it out. And on the season as a whole, Washington's defense has not been good. So if they're going to figure it out against anybody's defense, you would think it would be against Washington's. So I'm I'm betting on the Russell Wilson rebound that everybody's been expecting the last two weeks. I'm going to bet on that in week number three. Let's take the Seahawks to get the win in Washington against the football team. And this is an underdog play, in fact. So Seattle is plus one right now against the spread. So obviously the line is very close. But look at all those lines this week. What's the biggest line that we've looked at so far? Buffalo minus six? No out there lines because, again, these games are so close because half of them suck. I'm going to go Seattle 27, Washington 21 in this game. Let's have Russ throw two or three touchdowns. Start looking like Russ again. All right, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 12 in the NFL. Starting, as always, with the bronze pick, where I'm 9-2 straight up. This has been my most successful pick this year. 9-2 straight up, 8-3 against the spread in this pick. Uh, just a little bit underwater on the totals at 5-6, and six, but I'm underwater on all four picks, so I don't feel too, too bad about it. My bronze pick this week sees the New England Patriots at home playing host to the Tennessee Titans. Now, Tennessee for a while was looking like, you know, oh, Derrick Henry who? We figured it out. We figured out how to win without Henry. And the last couple of weeks have kind of shown that eh, maybe they haven't. Now, look, they did win two weeks ago. But last week, not so much. A game that I thought they were going to win. They lose it 22-13. to That game was against the Houston Texans. I understand division game. Anything can happen in games like that. But man, a loss to the Texans at this stage of the season? Kind of inexcusable. The Patriots, meanwhile, look like they're doing absolutely everything right on the offensive side. On the defensive side, that defense is eating. Patriots have the benefit of the long week here. They're one of the best ball control teams in the NFL. The Titans take a few too many penalties, one of the most penalized teams in the league, and they're also dealing with yet another injury, and it's a significant one. It's A.J. Brown at wide receiver. He had a chest rib injury, whatever you want to classify it as. His x-rays were negative, but boy, by all the conversation around him, he seems doubtful for this game. And if you're going to force Ryan Tannehill to beat you, which is what teams are starting to do against a Tennessee Titans team that doesn't have Derrick Henry, 
boy, it's going to be that much tougher to do if you don't have a guy like A.J. Brown out there running around in the secondary trying to get open. So in the absence or likely absence anyway of A.J. Brown or an A.J. Brown that is not at 100%, I got to go with the Patriots here. There's just way too much going against the Titans in this one. Let's take New England to beat Tennessee. On the line, New England laying six and a half points as a home favorite. I like him to win. I think this is a two-possession game. So I'm going to lay the six and a half points because I do think that that hits. Total in the game set at 44 and a half. Titans defense, I will give them credit. They are playing relatively well right now. And it's not like the Patriots offense are world beaters. So I think I got to stick under on this one. I think it stays under by, you know, a field goal, maybe a little more. We'll go under 44 and a half points in New England, Tennessee. Patriots straight up, we're going to lay the six and a half points on New England in a game that stays under 44 and a half points. That is the bronze pick. Let's go Patriots 27, Titans 13. My silver pick where I'm eight and three straight up, but only four and seven, both against the spread and over under. So definitely got to try to get that fixed over the next couple of weeks. The Denver Broncos playing host to the Los Angeles Chargers. And I know what you should be thinking immediately, Justin, with your history, with especially the Chargers, but both of these teams, how in the world can this be your third highest pick of the week? Well, like I said, the week kind of stinks. Now, the Broncos are coming into this off their bye, so they will be well-rested. And they're one of the least penalized teams in the NFL, whereas the Chargers, one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. So that certainly does not bode well uh, for the visiting Chargers. What also doesn't bode well for them is their defense has completely imploded. They're one of the worst four to five defenses in the league over the last four to six weeks. Their defense is bad. Now, yes, the offense outscored how bad the defense was last week. That's not going to happen all the time, especially not as we get later in the season. The games get colder, especially if you're playing up north. You need defense to win games this time of year. One team that's got some defense, the Denver Broncos. Yes, off their last game, they did give up 30. But the three games before that, 16 points, 10 points, 17 points. This Broncos defense is good. This is their time of year. And yes, the offense is struggling. But between the two, I'll take some defense this time of year. I like the Denver Broncos at home to get the win over the LA Chargers. And this is an underdog play, in fact. An underdog play for the silver pick. You don't see this all that often. On the line, the Broncos are two and a half point dogs at home I like him to win outright so obviously I'm taking the plus 2.5 here on Denver but again you don't see an underdog play in my top four picks all that often total in the game set at 47 and a half and this I think is as close to a perfect total as you will see in any game this week I think this is like right on the line of where this game is ultimately going to end up I think it's going to land over literally by half a point. I've got Denver 28, the Chargers 20. So 48 points. I got to take the over because that's what would hit if that was the final score. But this is probably, this might be, I might not feel worse about an over pick at all this year because I just, man, to take an over on a Broncos game, that is tough. But we're going to take over the 47 and a half points. Broncos straight up. We're going to take the Broncos plus the two and a half points over 47 and a half. That's the silver pick. And like I said, Broncos 28, Chargers 20. 
my gold pick where I'm seven and four straight up, five and six against the spread and five and six on the totals, sees the Cincinnati Bengals at home playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Division matchup here, definitely playing with fire this high in the picks. But again, it's a reflection of how confident I am in the Cincinnati Bengals. I am so, they are probably the team this year that I am the most impressed with. And I understand the defense Kind of struggled there for a couple of weeks. They rebounded nicely with their game last week, only giving up 13 points to, I believe, the Raiders. And now the Raiders are kind of struggling offensively, but still, since his defense got that job done, the offense has looked really good over the last month. They're scoring 30 points a game. This Cincinnati team is one of the most pleasant surprises that I have seen in the NFL this year. And I think it's enough to get the win over a division rival here in Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh, their defense playing fairly well, but the offense, aside from last week where they scored the 37 points in a game that they lost, no less, because the defense couldn't keep it together, their offense has not looked good. Has not looked good for a month or more. Steelers on the tail end of back-to-back road games here. Bengals, a team that do not take a lot of penalties. One of, if not the most disciplined teams in the NFL. And if you're not getting those little things and you're a little extra tired because you've been on the road for a couple of weeks, I like the Bengals to get the win here. Let's take Cincinnati at home to beat Pittsburgh. On the line, Bengals are laying four and a half points here as a home favorite. I look at this as a two-possession game, so I don't feel too bad laying the four and a half here on Cincinnati. Let's take the Bengals minus the 4.5. Total in the game set at 45 points. I think this is an over. I think this game gets into a 50, a very low 50, but into a 50. So let's go over 45 points in Cincinnati-Pittsburgh. Bengals straight up. We're going to hammer the Bengals minus four and a half in a game that goes over 45 points. That is your gold pick. Cincinnati 30, Pittsburgh 20, and the platinum pick, the last game we look at this week. Nine and two straight up, five and six against the spread, five and six on the total. Sees the Dallas Cowboys at home playing host to the Las Vegas Raiders. For the Cowboys, C.D. Lamb is uh, the injury note that we have to talk about here. He's dealing with a concussion a week after dealing with a contusion on his arm. So he's in protocol. He's missing practices. He seems doubtful to play at this point. But even if he doesn't play, I think Michael Gallup can step into that position as well, assuming they'd get Amari Cooper back off the COVID protocol list, which I would hope that they would. Although where it's a Thursday game, boy, it might be tough. I still think Dallas has what it takes on the offensive side to win this game. These are two highly penalized football teams between Dallas and the Raiders. And kind of like I mentioned, the Raiders offensively, they're playing really poorly lately. Defensively, they're playing really poorly lately. I just don't think they keep up with a good football team in the Dallas Cowboys. So let's take Dallas to rebound from last week's loss. I think that was the loss against Kansas City. I'm going to take Dallas at home to pick up a win over the Raiders. On the line here, Cowboys are laying seven and a half points here as a home favorite. I think I'm going to lay those points as well. Cowboys are four and one against the spread at home this year. I'm going to lay the seven and a half because I just plain don't trust the Raiders in this spot. So we'll take Dallas minus the 7.5. 
Total in the game set at 50 and a half points. This is a pretty good total as well, but I think it just stays under. If you had CD Lamb in this game and we knew CD Lamb was going to play, that would probably be enough to kick it just barely over this number, but I'm going to stick under 50 and a half points in Dallas and Vegas. Cowboys straight up, we're going to lay the seven and a half points here on Dallas at home as well in a game that stays under 50 and a half points. That is your platinum pick, Dallas 28, Raiders 20. There you go, folks. Those are your picks for week 12 in the NFL. Once again, this week stinks, but it is time now for something that doesn't stink, and that is the comment of the week, the patented, if you will, comment of the week. The comment of the week from the week 11 episode is going to go to a longtime viewer and uh, probably one of my favorite people on Twitter because they are always all over my tweets. And that is Matthew Parker. Matthew Parker's comment from week 11 goes like this. Do you think the Lions are actually the worst team in the NFL like their record shows? Or do you think they're just a victim of being in the NFC? Every other contender for the worst NFL team is in the AFC. Do you think the Lions could win against any of those four teams? He specifically calls out the Texans, Jets, Dolphins, and Jags. Were they to play each other? Or do you think the Lions would still be winless if they played one of those four? And I framed it like this. My response to Matthew was, if you took those five teams and put them in a round-robin tournament, I think Detroit beats Houston. I think Detroit maybe beats the Jets, but probably loses to Miami and Jacksonville. So I framed it that way. So I don't technically think the Lions are the worst team in the NFL. I think they're probably like the third worst team in the NFL. Just based on roster composition and who I think would win games straight up. And I said I'd rather have the Lions core than the Texans core right now. Now, of course, Houston won last week where Detroit very much did not. But I would still probably take the Lions core over um, Houston's core. If that's a way of answering that question, that's an interesting question, though, to uh, pose to everybody else. Toss that in the comments of this week's episode. Who do you genuinely think is the worst team in the NFL? Matthew, thank you for your comment. And yours was the comment of the week from the week 11 episode. There we go, folks. Week 12 is in the books. Try your best to enjoy the games this week. Obviously, if you're one of my many American listeners, please enjoy Thanksgiving and enjoy it responsibly. You know, COVID is still a thing, but... You know, do your best to get to see as many of your family as possible. Enjoy incredible, incredible food like I'm sure you always will. Try not to injure somebody on Black Friday. Enjoy the games in week 12. We will see you again for lucky week number 13. It's scary, but it's not Halloween anymore. We'll see you for week 13. Happy Thanksgiving.